Hi, this is Shannon from SAS, the number four teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's blog. If you've been following our series for the last two weeks, we've been talking about place value. This week we have up rounding, and rounding has to be one of the most difficult topics and subjects if you are a teacher of a third, fourth, or fifth grade students. Have you ever felt like banging your head against the wall when you're teaching this one? Well, you're in good company. Usually we go to the old procedures that we were taught where you underline the place you're rounding. If you're rounding to the nearest 10, you'd underline the tens place. Then look at the place next to it and see if it's five and higher, you would round up. If it's four or lower, you would round down or keep it the same. Oh, and don't forget to add the zeros and leave all the other numbers the same. Crystal clear, right? You got it? Good. This is definitely falls into the category of kids memorizing procedures with concepts they don't understand. I was in a third grade classroom where the teacher had students at the math of the teacher station and they were learning about rounding up or down. The students seemed to be doing really well when they're in the station because she was there guiding them. But when they went back to their seat, I noticed that they were really struggling. Some of the kids could use a number line and plot the two points, find the midpoint, and then determine whether or not the number is closer to maybe 150 or 160. But not all students have number sense to be able to make that decision. An abacus is another great option for students in this situation. So for this student, I grabbed the abacus, which I have to be honest, I unwrapped it because it was still shrink-wrapped in the back of the classroom, and sat down with one of the students to take a closer look at the number he was rounding, which was 156. We were supposed to round the number to the nearest 10, so it would obviously go up to 160, or would we keep it down at 150? Let's think about the number 156. You could build it on two abaci if you wanted to, showing the full 100 on one, and then the other one would be 56. But we just used one abacus to really show the 56 and decide whether or not it was between 50 or 60. Once it was built, I asked, is it quicker for you to push the six beads back and go to 50? or should we just push those four beads forward and go up to 60? Obviously, he told me that it would be much quicker to push the four beads and go up to 60, so he knew he would round 156 to 160. I did a couple problems with this in this way, and he finally let him take the abacus to do some problems on his own. Using the visual representation on the abacus, he totally got the idea of rounding and was able to explain to me why he would round up or down. The best part is afterwards, he said, is that what they were trying to explain to me about the five and higher and the four and lower and keep it the same? This way is much easier, Miss Shannon. Some kids can't do it abstractly or pictorially, which was what rounding the, really seeing the number on the number line would be. So they need a concrete visual like the abacus. They can see exactly what they're thinking in their head. What about students who can do it already? They can round it. It's easy peasy. They need to be able to tell you in a tool as well. It's important for them to be able to articulate the why behind what they're doing and why they made the decision to round the way they did. This set of PowerPoint presentations and video tutorials on rounding from ranging really from rounding from tens within a hundred to the nearest hundred, maybe in second grade, and then you'd have rounding the nearest ten, even within a thousand up through fourth grade, and then we eventually get into rounding with decimals with fifth grade. I'm super excited to be able to launch these new videos because they really offer you both the abacus and the number line for options for students to use to work on understanding the concept and visually seeing how they're rounding. Using the number line, as you'll see in the videos, is all about finding the midpoint. Students will plot their two 
points, such as 150 and 160 on the number line, find that midpoint. You can use the abacus to help them if they need it, and then plot the number in the question. Then it is a simple decision of which endpoint is closer. If rounding with whole numbers is, con is if rounding with whole numbers is confusing, then rounding to decimals can quickly become really confusing for students. If you ask them to round five and twenty-six hundredths to the nearest tenth, kids have the thought that maybe the fact is that you're trying to decide if you're between two tenths and three tenths. The big question is: is do your students know where the midpoint is in this problem? I have to be honest that many students don't. If they put five and two tenths and five and three tenths on the number line, are they able to identify that the midpoint is actually five and twenty-five hundredths? Many times students don't have the number sense for this. So we can use place value discs as a really great way to help students visualize this and how they would really go about attacking these types of numbers. Once they find that midpoint, they have to decide is five and twenty-six hundredths closer to five and two tenths or five and three tenths. Again, kids being able to find that midpoint and be able to plot the number line will really help them be able to make that decision. There's certainly nothing wrong with using an abacus as an alternate way to represent that if they're struggling with trying to figure it out. Make the single row of the abacus, abacus represent tenths. So those beads would be worth one tenth in those individual beads. Or if you wanted to, you could make the entire abacus be worth one one hundredth. Place value is a very abstract concept for kids. And these tutorial videos will help with you with both more and less that we did last week, as well as the rounding concepts that we're talking about this week. It's so important for students to have a firm grasp on both concepts. If a student can get the idea of rounding, it will help them when they come to estimating and some of the other higher level math concepts they'll be confronted with. So often math books only give a few days for rounding, but in reality, kids really need more and more repetition. Trying to try a rounding exercise as a warm up, or even if you're teaching virtually, you can use Google Talks or slides to help students plot the points in the number line, or use Flipgrid videos to have students show you how they can um, tell you about how they've rounded in one way or another. Don't forget that students have to explain their thinking is just as important as them getting the right answer, if not, in my opinion, even more so. Check out our new series and let me know what you think. Use the videos to help your kids or even parents understand how to explain these rounding processes. We also know that we really we have a lot of really great math rounding games from our friends at K-5 math teaching resources in the second and third grade levels where kids can get some extra practice with a little bit of competition thrown in. How is rounding going for you? Leave us a comment or a question. We'd love to hear from you. We can't wait to see you next week as we start our new series on word problems with visual models. Thanks so much for joining us.